Welcome and thank you for joining us here for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Bread and water is what we need and what we have in Jesus Christ. He said, come to me and drink. He said, I am the bread of life. However we adorn our Christian faith, it rests in this most basic thing. Christ is all. Let's learn from him. Let's learn about him. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Hebrews 12, verses 25 through 28, tells us that there is an inescapable law that has been announced by God on earth, and when he did announce it, it shook the earth. It's referring to the moral law that was proclaimed at Mount Sinai when God gave the Ten Commandments. What it means is that the moral law is a law that is unrelenting in its application. You don't obey it, and it comes in upon you, upon your family, upon your nation. It can come back at you for years and generations. It shakes things up when you go against the moral law. But then Hebrews tells us another speech that God gives not on earth but in heaven. And it tells us that this speech not only shakes the earth, but it shakes the heavens as well. It's even stronger than the moral law. The question for us now is if God spoke the law on earth and you can't escape that law, what is it that God speaks from heaven? Because in our passage it says, now God is speaking a message from heaven that's going to cause earth and the heavens to shake. And we're told that God is speaking at this very time, according to the passage. And he's not booming out a law on earth, but he's, he's giving a speech from heaven. If you've read all of the book of Hebrews, you'll see that the speech that's coming from heaven is God not speaking through Moses, but God speaking through the voice of Jesus Christ. And that in heaven, Jesus is declaring his triumph on our behalf over the inescapable demands of the moral law that we fail to keep. That's what's being declared in heaven right now for us. He's fulfilled their demands, the law's demands. Jesus Christ has come to earth, we learn, as we read through our passages of Hebrews. He's kept all the law without any sin. And yet, in the face of every kind of temptation, He's kept it. And He's laid down His sinless life as a payment for our sins and our sinful lives. So that He would bear the brunt of the snapback of the law that we have broken. And that would snap back on Himself. And He's risen to life to gather all who come to Him in faith into His salvation, and to raise us up in Himself and bring us into the presence of a holy God so that we could enjoy God, the judge of all the earth and heaven, and that we could live rejoicing with gladness in His presence. And that's the picture, by the way, that is just put before us just prior to this, in the verses just prior to the ones we're considering. Angels, holy angels, angels that were once instruments of the bringing the commandment of the moral law and carrying out God, the force of God's judgment, now gathered around the throne in festivity and celebration, and we with them rejoicing in God's presence. That's what Christ has made possible for us because He bore the brunt of the law in our place. God's will for us, God's purpose for us was that we would be with Him and before Him in holiness and perfection. His will is that we would serve Him and enjoy Him and with nothing of sin in between us and Him, with the sentence of the law overcome. And God has accomplished that in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has brought us to this place in which we are enjoying God's presence in heaven even now with no judgment against us 
and no sin between us and a holy God. So again, the question is, what is Jesus Christ speaking from heaven? What is this word that sounds out from heaven that's different from the law, the moral law that was declared at Mount Sinai? Don't want to put words in the Lord Jesus' mouth, but I think it's consistent with what we read throughout Scripture. It would be something like this. The penalty of the law has been paid in my blood. My shed blood says that the law has been kept on their behalf by my part. Count all their sins, O God, laid upon me and paid. Count them as sinless in my own righteous, perfect sinlessness. Forgive them, bless them, invite them, receive them, adopt them, justify them, glorify them, give them my spirit, stamp my name on their foreheads. Freely. This is the message of grace. It's what that which is declared throughout all of heaven on our behalf. The moral law is pronouncing our sin and the penalty of our sin, which is death. That's what the law does. It pronounces and shows us our sin and the consequence of our sin, which is death. And then there is this message of grace that is sounding out from heaven. And it's a new law. It's a new principle. It's what Paul calls the law of the spirit of life. It's what James calls in James 1.25, the law of freedom or liberty. And that's what's being declared in heaven right now. It's the law of life. It's the law of liberty through Jesus Christ. God gives us the ability to escape the consequences of the moral law that we've broken and bring upon us instead life in the place of our sins. Listen to the juxtaposition of this law of the spirit of life, grace being declared in heaven for us, and the juxtaposition of it against the law that was declared at Mount Sinai, the law of death. It's in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. One sounding on the earth, sounding out our sin, constantly even now showing us there's consequences when we go astray from the moral law and we try to bend the reality that holds together the integrity of life The other one declaring that Jesus Christ has taken the full brunt of that force upon himself to bring us into life. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Two different voices speaking. God speaking His law on earth. God speaking the law of grace and life from heaven. God spoke the law by Moses, but by Christ He speaks a message full of grace and truth. The law reveals sin and the penalty of sin. Grace reveals the payment for that sin and the gift of everlasting, eternal, abundant life. Grace. Grace, the free gift of forgiveness and life from God at the price of the suffering of His Son for our sins in our place. Grace of life given to all who believe and receive Him just for that. Grace opens heaven up to us. It places us there in Jesus Christ right now. If we've trusted and believed in Him, the Bible says we're seated in the heavenlies in Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking out from the heavens to declare that 
In Him we live and exalt in the presence of a satisfied God that we have peace with God, the judge, and we are before Him without blame. Without blame. The blame that the moral law would have brought against us. Here's another transitionary thought. There's a problem with the way people oftentimes engage this wonderful declaration, this wonderful announcement of grace, this wonderful principle booming out from the heavens of grace where God speaks over all of His creation that He's triumphed the law that regulates His creation. And the problem is that we misunderstand grace. Many think that grace operates on a different math than God's law. They have the idea that if you defy God's moral law, you'll suffer the earthly snapback. You'll reap what you sow. They understand that. But grace can never be offended in such a way, they think. It can be toyed with. It can be taken for granted. It can be used as a permission slip to indulge in their own desires. It can be called upon as a magic eraser after every selfish, self-intent foray into self-pleasure and self-will. Grace, according to this notion, has permanently changed the face of God. He's no longer angry. That angry Old Testament God that you read about who judges sin and condemns people to death. He is now a loving, safe God who holds nothing to be feared before those who come to Him today. And that thinking is a profound misunderstanding of the principle of grace. Here's our second point. The moral law rejected and refused and abused cannot be escaped, but you cannot forsake the grace of God spoken out of heaven. Reject it, refuse it, abuse it. It carries a judgment far more severe and inescapable. That's what's being said here. This is rather stunning. Listen, we want to exalt in grace. We want to exalt in grace, but it has a consequence as well. The Bible says when Christ returns one day to judge the earth, and He will, that He'll come bringing a judgment upon all those who have died. Think about this. Throughout the history of the earth, all those who have died never hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these, we understand, will be judged by the moral law. In other words, they will be judged as lawbreakers and come to face the unescapable verdict of the moral law against their sins. But, now listen to me, but at the time that Christ returns, there are going to be individuals who are living on the earth, alive at that time. And the Bible makes it very clear to us that those who are living on the earth at the time of Christ's return will have all heard the salvation, the gospel of salvation found in Jesus Christ. They'll all have been exposed to this wonderful, glorious message. And they represent, these individuals who will be alive at the time that Christ represents, represent what individuals who live even today, who hear this wonderful message but refuse it, what they're facing. The Lord Jesus, on this occasion, will judge those individuals on different grounds. Not by the moral law but by the offer of the law of liberty and life and the offer of grace. And they'll be judged as those who have defied and turned away from the grace of God. Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 through 7. You might want to go there. Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 through 7, describes the the last broadcast of the gospel message 
in the history of its proclamation that's been going on since, well, since God sent out the prophets, but in particular since the apostles went out in obedience to Jesus Christ after he ascended into heaven and to all the earth. The great mission of the church will finally be concluded by a great kind of sense confirming expression of God's intent as God sends out this message to the ends of the earth before Jesus Christ returns to judge the earth. John writes, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. But if you read on, you'll find that there's no one who turns to God on this occasion. No one. Not one. You go to Revelation chapter 16, and you'll see the outbreak of judgments that God begins to roll out upon the earth at that time. And what you'll notice at least three different times, and I think you might find even more, is that the only response that heard is a continued hardness. There's a lack of repenting or turning to God. There's actually outright blasphemy against God. Now take your Bibles and go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 speaks of the essence of the judgment that will be expressed on those who are living on the earth when the Lord Jesus returns to bring His judgments. When the Lord Jesus will drop the dead and judge them according to their deeds and judge those who are existing on the earth according to this gospel message. Thanks for listening to the Bread of Life. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.